When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune with a new guest on the channel, Stackin' 3%er, from his YouTube channel by the same name, Stackin' 3%er. Um, he, is, he runs a YouTube channel that focuses on things like prepping, um, and I think he delves into politics some, and of course, uh, precious metals and, and stacking silver. So um, a, a warm welcome to him, and uh, I guess I'll address you as, as Stackin' 3%er. How are you doing on this evening? I am doing good, Matt. Thank you so much for having me on your channel, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for coming on. I, I love to, to reach out to, to I guess, uh, fresh faces in, in, in this community, um, people that need to, to maybe hear their message heard. Not not to, to take away anything from some of those faces that have been, you know, I had Steve St. Angelo on here just uh, uh, last, on, uh, last uh, Thursday, I think it was when right, I published right. it. And bright guy, but... You know, it's nice to have some fresh faces or at least fresh voices here in this community. So, so welcome to the channel. Um, yeah, I'm a, honored. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and I think a good way to uh, what I usually start off with with uh, I guess newer guests that that run channels or or whatever. And um, good place to start is just you know let my viewers and let myself kind of know how you got into silver and and gold in the first place. All right, so. I started getting into silver, it was, like I said, it was about two years ago now, um, December of 2015, so late 2015. Um, grew up, I knew my dad was really into collecting coins, but he never really, never really shared any of the reasoning or, or showed it to me, especially when I was younger. Um, as I got a little bit older, started asking more questions about it, wanted to see it, things like that. And he told me one day about how my aunt, his sister, had given uh, my brother and I these every year for Christmas. She'd get us these one-ounce silver collectible rounds. Um, and it, it really interested me at a later time because... You know, like you mentioned, getting into, you know, the topic of prepping and everything, we were in a very odd um, uh, position politically in our country. Um, so that's part of the reason why I really wanted to get more into a way of uh, a more unique way of saving money, protecting what I was saving, because I was at a point where I was kind of throwing my hands up like, Nobody really knows what could happen in this country. Um, you know, I'm working hard for this money. I wanna, I wanna protect it and hold on to it and save it somehow. Um, and that's kind of what started. You know, everybody, we've all seen the commercials on TV with you know silver and gold ETFs and um, you know why why we're seeing you know people like Robert Kiyosaki on on TV with commercials and things like that for. Um, buying precious metals and having physical precious metals, your, your savings in your hand. It was just something that really intrigued me. And my dad finally turned over to me these, it was five ounces, five Troy ounces, these silver rounds. 
and I was like, you know, these are, these are, these, this, this is what real money is, you know? And, uh, from there it just went on to a simple basic purchase of 10 troy ounces, got it in the mail, ordered it online. I was like, this is pretty cool. And, uh, that's kind of how the collection or, you know, the, uh, the, uh, I don't even really want to call it investing, but that's kind of what it is. The accumulation of, of silver to start and, and my, uh, my stacking career, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. And, and kind of a bit of a follow-up question is, is, um, you know, how do you get your, your YouTube channel starting? And, 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 you know, to, to add it to that, by the way, to, to my viewers, there's a link below in the description. So if you're in a browser, open up his, his channel and subscribe to him now. And I'll remind you guys again, uh, for those of you that are on mobile or something to, to do that at the end of this video. Um, but, but your channel is kind of up and coming, still relatively new. You know, I, I, I've seen your videos mm -hmm. around, but, but you know, it's, it, you're certainly not uh, something that's been around here for, for years or anything like that. So, so tell us a little bit how you kind of segued this, this interest in, in precious metals or, or 3%, the 3% or philosophy or whatever into uh, a YouTube channel. That's actually, you know, garnered quite a bit of attention and, and success. Yeah. So, I mean, being only 25 years old, I've spent more than half of my life on YouTube probably. So it was, uh, I would say, I think I was actually watching some of the bigger precious metals YouTubers on YouTube before I even started stacking, um, just to see what other people were saying about it, why they were into it, things like that. And so I stacked for a while, about a year, and then I made my first YouTube video just, just for fun, really, just to kind of share... Uh, some of my thoughts and uh, generally what I had what I had accumulated I've made a one year of stacking it was my first video ever it can be seen on my channel still um, and then that's kind of just how the channel started it was it was fun to do a um, little nerve-wracking at first to you know remain anonymous and and say you know this this is what I've had because it was always um, uh, for lack of a better term, they kind of use the, the, the term like silver porn. Um, is, you know, sure. that's kind of what, what everybody wanted to see is all the shiny. Um, and I thought that aspect of it was really cool. And it's kind of just grown since then, um, getting a little bit away, away from showing the stack, which I plan to do another full stack video at the end of this year, just as an update, just to say, you know, here it is. But in the interim, sharing all this news, what's going on politically, economically, why I feel so passionately about um, about stacking, about precious metals. Um, and, and with that, the name Stacking 3%er, 3%ers, it's more or less, you know, it's, it's, it's a political paramilitary group, um, very pro pro second amendment pro first amendment very constitutional conservative that's just how i that's just how i that's how i am i've really come to uh, come to accept who i am over the past several years as as far as those kinds of thoughts um and and personal feelings go but uh it didn't really have it didn't really have a major impact on my channel it was just kind of a 
kind of something that I knew was eventually going to come up in topic eventually. So I kind of just picked the name. There wasn't really huge reasoning other than that. I just thought it kind of sounded cool and made a lot of sense to me at the time. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, for, for for the viewers that maybe aren't aren't aware, and by the way, I think that does you know probably part of the reason that your channel's grown because that. Uh, people relate to that, that three percenter. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I, I do yeah. think that is a, a a help to some degree. A lot of people really that kind of resonates with them, and it, and it attracts a lot of a lot of similar minded people, I would say as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm sure you're tapping into the uh, you know the the firearms community or, or whatever with, mm -hmm. with that. Um, mm -hmm. could could you give uh, just for the viewers that that maybe are new to this, uh, maybe a bit of background on on the term three percenter or three percent. Yeah, so the uh, so the three percent movement, the three percenter group, uh, it originated um, from what was at the time considered to be three percent of the population that was three percent of the population of the original thirteen colonies that was said to have been fighting back against the British during the American Revolutionary War. Um, it's since then sort of changed a little bit. And in 2008, with the Tea Party movement, it sort of became this more paramilitary, pro-Second Amendment, um, constitutional, conservative sort of political ideology, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's kind of what I see it as, as a, uh, a group of, of members. You know, I I feel like every now and then I still see these these trucks driving down the road and they have a big, you know, 3% sticker in the back or 3% penalty oh, yeah. or whatever. But, uh, yep. <laughs> you know, the whole idea of it is, is, is a... Uh, is a, um, a militia more than anything else, like you said, paramilitary group that yep. is, is is in place to defend against um, enemies, both both foreign and domestic. Right? Sure, maybe a red dawn scenario where, where you have uh, you know the wolverines <laughs> up in the hills, but but you know well, if, if nothing else, you know a domestic threat, a, a tyrannical uh, leader or a tyrannical government, or you know it could take a lot of different um, uh, different uh, forms, I guess. Um, but, but to protect, you know, the, the American people, or at least to, to protect the, uh, the, the ideas set forth in the constitution. Am I, uh, kind of yep. summarizing that well? Oh yeah, very well. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I, I will be the first to say, and I've said it on my channel too, I do not have any military law enforcement background or experience. It's simply just, uh, more, like I said, political affiliation than anything. And like you were saying that that is truly what it comes down to the fact that I have, you know, a wife, a family to protect to the best of my ability. Um, you know, as an American citizen, I'm a patriot. That's just uh, that's just how I feel about it. So I've kind of allied myself with this group, um, so to speak, because I I just feel strongly and passionately about what they believe in. Yeah, absolutely. So um, kind of moving on to the next topic here. Uh, sure. I was wondering if, you know, we could talk about silver a bit because, you know, that's what Absolutely. that's the big thing we have in common. So, right, so right. you know, this is um, something I'm sure some of the, the, my viewers are, are a little bit concerned about. Um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about some of the recent price action in the, um, well, in the uh, both both silver and gold markets. Uh, and, and where do you see things heading? You know, first of all, maybe what's what what do you see causing it? And, and where do you see things heading, you know, over the next couple of weeks, next six months uh, as a whole? Uh, yeah, of course, this is, you know, this is what everybody is, is worried about, um, especially people that are kind of, I'll say, new to the stacking scene. Some people that may have been buying, you know, just, what, six, ten months ago, I don't even know at this point, you know, at 1650, 
I think we, I don't even know, I knew we were brushing over 17 not too terribly long ago. So for somebody that was buying then and might be new to stacking completely, very, very frustrating. Somebody that was buying several years ago at $30 an ounce, $40 an ounce, also very frustrating. So people obviously want to know, you know, what what the heck is going on in the precious metals market. Um, generally, you know, we've we've got the dollar, the almighty dollar, of course, is strong right now. Um, so you know that that puts a lot of pressure on on foreign, uh, you know, foreign global uh, economies and their currencies as well. And we know that there's typically uh, an inverse correlation between a strong dollar uh, in the precious metals market. Um, of course, the paper trade, the COMEX, the CRIMEX, uh, <laughs> precious metals, ETFs, we all know about market manipulation and things like that. Um, and I guess, you know, that there's a lot of different reasons for that, in my opinion. Um, it's... You know what? What we're seeing at today's prices, in my opinion, are it, it's really an artificial value. Um, and one of the th one major topic that interests me a lot that I've talked about on my channel quite a bit is the possibility of this sort of currency war. You know, we we've heard the term trade war and things like that, but I think that people are missing some of this. Um, um, I, I don't know quite how to word it, but but what essentially is a currency war against the dollar? Um, the Russians. Um, I made a video a while back on the Russian uh, on a possibility of a a silver standard, almost a a Russian silver ruble um, of a gold back a gold backed petro yuan um, in in China. We've heard about gold backed cryptocurrencies and things like that. So to me, in hearing those things and knowing that some of these foreign nations are trying to work against the dollar and weaken the dollar and build up their own currencies and, and possibly build up their own currencies, even with a backing such as a some sort of meta standard, I feel like some of these countries are just buying up these prices as low as they possibly can. And because it's such an overinflated paper manipulated market. It's, it's keeping the price in U.S. dollars artificially low. That's at least what I see short term. Could it go lower? I mean, it's so hard to say. Of, of course it could, could go lower, but I think that would be, um, especially for silver, rather incredible to go much lower than where it's at right now because it is going to get to the point of, you know, miners are going to be losing money and it's just, it, it's not going to make sense. It already makes very little sense in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I tend to agree. You know, people make calls of $10 silver, $8 silver, etc. Um, you, you have to understand that, you know, the, the overall cost of production of silver, you know, it's not at 14 It's not at $12. It, it's pretty low when you account for things like byproduct mining. Mm -hmm. um, but primary silver miners, you know, sure, some of them are at 8 bucks, 6 bucks, whatever. However, right. you know, I, I've heard it said, I think, by Chris Duane, uh, the best that you know the, the the price of of silver and this can be said for for just about any commodity is made by the, more or less you know the price is set by the last ounce that is is sold right mm -hmm. and so if, if you have let's say 
a billion dollars of demand, which is yeah, similar. You know, I, I don't know the exact numbers for, for last year, for this year, but let's say a billion ounces, okay? Um, well, if, if you have, uh, you know, a billion ounces of supply coming onto the market, you know, you're going to have the vast majority of that being sold at under, you know, the current price. But, but you're going to have, you know, 5%, 10% that is close to the price of production. Or, or sorry, right. the, the current market price. The, the, the price of production will be a dollar below, a dollar over, or whatever. Some of them will sell at a loss because they don't want to close out their mine uh, all the way. I mean, that's that can be a costly process. Uh, same thing goes for oil. I mean, sure, the Saudis, um, the maybe some Russian oil, some U.S. oil at least, uh, you know, some, some of those other Gulf nations certainly, you know, right. cheap cheap oil that they, they produce and the, the cost per barrel to, to take it out of the ground. Um, and yet you don't see oil trading at the overall average cost of production. You see it trading at, you know, what's the most expensive, I guess, cost of production um, that, that the market needs to, to satisfy demand. And, and so you're right. I mean, um, these, these low prices right now, they're, they're dipping into territory where, where some smaller primary miners are going are gonna to say, hey, we, we can't keep on going like this, you know, for three months, maybe even six months. Sure, they'll do it. They'll wait for the rebound because, again, it's costly to, to close up production or close partially close production. But long term, um, you know, there's going to come a point where, where these mining companies, I think, will just uh, close up shop. They'll say this isn't worth it or, or you know, in other in other terms, they'll default, right? It won't be a decision right. that, they're, that they're willingly making. It'll be a, uh, I guess it'll be a forced decision. So, um, yeah, yeah a- I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think like, two, you know, one, one has to understand that we are looking at the price at, at the current price of gold and silver in relative US dollars, um, which has to be taken into consideration too. that that there is that inverse relationship. And, um, you know, a lot of back and forth, as far as world trade goes, you know, this trade war tariffs, things like that, there's a lot of back and forth markets completely unpredictable pretty much at this point week to week um that it's 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 for for us people that are truly i would say in for the long haul you know we've all heard that before already but i consider myself somebody that is stacking stacking precious metals for the long haul it's almost it's almost irrelevant information to me i mean silver could go to five dollars tomorrow and the whole lot of us, I'm sure, would be having trucks backing up to our houses. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, you absolutely. know. Yeah. yeah. So, but so, but there, are, you know, like you said, so so many factors that go into it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, sometimes I'll put out a video and say, you know, this is this is what's causing the price movement today, and people will say, "How yep. can you make a video and not talk about manipulation or J.P. Morgan Chase?" I'm like, I can't just qualify every statement. Well, there's, you got it's manipulation too, and or, or it's J.P. Morgan or whatever, you know. But right. you're right. I mean, there's so many factors, right? There's yep. there's the dollar, there's foreign currencies, there's the yuan, there is plenty of manipulation, J.P. Morgan, um, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, you know, talking about you know global markets, global economies, and, and kind of what's going on there, you know, you and I both kind of talk about that a lot. We, we have an intro interest in in, in macros and and. Uh, you know what? You know, what are the potential threats to the global economy? So, so kind of a big picture. Because I'll ask you about specifics here in a second. But mm-hmm. starting off with big picture, what do you guys, or what do you specifically see as the number one threat to kind of the global economy, the U.S. economy, in, in particular? Big, big picture thing. Yeah, this was a this was a tough one. Um, 
and I kind of have it. I have it sort of narrowed down to a tie, or at least the top two. Um, in in my opinion, number one, or we'll just say tied for number one or whatever, is the general the general geopolitical stage. Um, so, and and especially, and this has to be taken with a grain of salt, but the the Trump effect. Um, so sanctions, economic power, um, where we see what happened with Turkey most recently, um, with this whole prisoner negotiation and things like that. People don't really realize how much of an impact that markets like that have on other markets around the world. So I think that general geopolitical stage can have some very adverse effects, um, depending on where the uh, the crisis, if you will, is happening. Um, and in addition to that, uh, it's another tough one. I would say that China's economy, um, being the second largest economy, it, that would have some serious impact on the global market if their economy starts to starts to hit the gutter or their currency really starts to hit the gutter, which it's kind of been, you know, it's sort of been on this back and forth recently um, with this whole tariff back and forth, a lot of uncertainty. Uh, there's there's really a number of things, a number of things, but I think those are the two biggest ones on the world stage um, because they're, they're going to have major impacts throughout the world. Oh, I, I, I totally agree about the Chinese thing. Um, it, people, I think even mainstream economists fail to realize this, but, but you know, where China goes right now is, is likely where the world goes. I mean, the same is true for the United States. If right. we fall into a deep depression, most, if not all, the world will as well. Okay, sure. But, but I don't think it can be understated. Or it can't be overstated. I don't know how I'm saying this. But, but you have to realize... <laughs> That, that China has been the key piece of the so-called global economic recovery in this exactly. post-Great Recession world. You remove them from the equation and the amount of growth, mostly, by the way, debt-fueled growth. That's why yep. we have you know, concerns about their economy. But you, you remove them from the equation. It's not much of a recovery. It's, it's you know, the EU kind of gone back and forth. The United States, sure, we just had a 4.1% GDP growth for the, for the last quarter, which, you know, right. I... I talk to my viewers how I'm always skeptical of these government numbers, but you know, as a whole, sure, sure. Um, through, through the entire Obama administration, a good portion of the Trump administration, you know, it's been it's been one percent, two percent, three percent. You know, not yep. huge growth, even even by official numbers. Um, and and you know, I think uh, you know, even Japan's economy or or, or South Korea's or, or you know, they, there hasn't been a ton of, of really bright spots out there uh, in terms of True. large economies. Um, if you move China from the equation, wow! I mean, the, the amount of, of of demand that they've created, as well mm-hmm. as the the um, I guess cheap cheap production and whatnot that they've exported to the rest of the world. You know, you move them, you I think you're you're spot on on that 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 where China goes is is uh, absolutely um, where, where the rest of the economy will go. You know, I I, uh, um, I, I saw somewhere that you know economists were talking about how it's unlikely. That, that the U.S. will will import, I think it was by like Citigroup or J.P. Morgan or something. It's unlikely that the U.S. is going to import a recession because we haven't in the last you know hundred years or something like that. But but you know, 
if we were to, you know, one of the top spots that I would expect us to import it from would be, you know, where we get most of our imports, right? From yeah, China. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so, so narrow this down a bit then for me. Um, talk a little bit about some of the more specifics uh, of uh, specific things. You know, we talk about currency crisis uh, in, in Turkey, uh, Argentina, and other emerging markets. We talk about what's going on, you know, it's ongoing political issues in, in, in uh, Turkey. We talk about the trade war. Uh, take it wherever you want, but give me three big things to focus on over the, you know, throughout the remainder of this year that, that again, pose a, a threat to, to the U.S. economy and the global economy. Well, for the remainder of this year, anyways, I think that um, I think some of the bigger worries are are here in our court, so to speak, in the U.S. Um, obviously, we've got midterm elections coming up, um, and that is that that's creating a lot of stir, you know, generally speaking, um, in, in the mainstream in the markets. Um, there, there's a lot that, that, um, you know, is, is kind of playing that up, so to speak. So as far as things that, you know, may or, well, would have an impact on our economy here in the U S, um, civil unrest is huge. Um, I, I think, uh, cyber crime, cyber attacks are, are, um, you know, an, another, Another big thing that we need to be um, continuously trying to combat and prevent, um, you know, the big thing, of course, is the meddling in the election and things like that. There's there's really no telling um, what what some of these individuals are capable of without trying to get too terribly political. But I think that sort of civil unrest um, really can sway the markets quite a bit. And then I, I think, you know, the the prolonged inevitable spending in debt, you know, we talked briefly before we started here about, you know, college tuition and, and um, overall consumerism in our economy. Like, yes, people are, you know, jobs are coming back, wages are going up, um, unemployment is low, but people are still, you know, we're still spending ridiculous amounts of money. It's just we, you know, as well as I do, and I'm sure the vast majority of your subscribers listening to this, we all know that it's a cycle that can't go on forever. You know, something has eventually got to give. Timing is going to be key, in my opinion. Um, and and I think we're, you know, we're setting up for as good a time as any for some for something like this to happen with with the midterm elections coming up. It all just seems so eerily. Um, almost almost a rocky calm before the storm if you will because things have been so up and down lately but they haven't been overtly chaotic just yet sure sure i, I totally get what you're saying you know i i think a lot of people have, have been holding to the view that you know if there is a conspiracy against trump or or whatever whether it's from 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 the fed or from you know the, the quote powers that be or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm their timing has got to to you know coincide somehow with with something like the midterms or or the election not necessarily that's got to happen but but it has to affect i guess is what i'm saying affect the midterms affect the election in in some way you know i have said for a while now that that and and, and again I'm not trying to get too political here but but i just you know i 
I'm a big believer that that the economy is, is a huge driving force of, of where the political winds are, are blowing and, and that I, I, did, I find it difficult to, to see a reality in which the U.S. and the world escapes a major blow to our economies, a, a recession or a depression, financial crisis for another two plus years to, to finish out Trump's term. So, so the question remains, you know, is it going to be um, if, if again, if there are malevolent powers out there that want to ensure that somebody else gets a sec uh, gets uh, gets into the office rather than Trump mm-hmm. for, in, for a second term, um, you got to think that either a it's going to happen soon here to to affect the midterms, or b sure. um, you know sometime during during the second half of his of his first term because then you're going to get you know a lot of I guess bang for your buck. Um, but but yeah, you're right. I mean the timing of it is 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 eerie. You know you see a lot of things like like unemployment, right? Again, official numbers, take you know, take them with with a, a large uh, grain of salt. Absolutely, but, absolutely. But but you know, inflection points on on things like uh, unemployment, right? When when unemployment gets really low, does it stay low perpetually for for five years, ten years, or or even three years? No, it it reverses quickly. You know, same thing mm-hmm. goes for you know a variety of other 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 indicators in the economy. You know, and so uh, yeah, I mean, I agree this. This fall time, which which tends to be a volatile time for for markets for for economies, um, it'll be interesting, you know, especially given given what's going on overseas in in China, in in Turkey and and other emerging markets as well as you know, the EU. They're they're just kind of always, <laughs> you, you you write up a list of, of global issues and you always have the EU on there somehow. You know, yeah. It's, it's Greece, it's Italy, it's it's the ECB trying to to. to call it quits on, on their addiction to, to quantitative easing, et cetera, et cetera. But, but right. yeah, you know, I, I tend to agree with a, a lot of those and you're right about the cyber, cyber warfare, you know, it's talk about black swan event, you know, I, it, it's something that I don't think about on a daily, weekly, even monthly basis, but the possibility right. is absolutely there to, to, to wipe out a, a country, a, a region's infrastructure through, through something like that, as well as, you know, the, the threat of, you know, hacking an election or whatever. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things that, you know, people kind of overlook, but uh, I, I, I do fear that it is, um, you know, you know, going to be more prevalent in the future for sure. And I just wanted to touch, I, I, you know, I find it funny that you mentioned, um, you know, some of the, some of the polls and the economic numbers and, you know, the unemployment numbers and things like that and how, yeah, they do have to be taken with a grain of salt. And it's, it's funny that you mentioned like, when they are so low, you know, are they going to stay so low for so long? Like, where do they really go from here? And I, I read an article or was watching a video not too long ago, and I can't think of where I might have seen it for the life of me. Um, but the individual or author or whoever was talking about, you know, how we're seeing these quote unquote, uh, you know, record black unemployment, record Hispanic unemployment, things like that. Well, if it's the all time record, that that's it that's the record so you know reality would kind of say that it would most likely get worse um otherwise you're just going to keep contributing to said record that can only be kept up for so long um until eventually something has to give and like you said it, it interesting timing to say the least and either some sort of these you know some crazy scenario is going to play out like we've been talking about or it's simply not, and the midterms are going to happen, and everybody's going to go about their business, and hopefully, you know, 
we will see some more positive numbers and you know the markets might continue continue to be uh the the weird up and down ride that they've been um yeah it's really just interesting to watch it all kind of unfold you know yeah absolutely you know maybe a a poor analogy to to compare talking about inflection points and and uh all-time highs you know think about baseball <laughs> right the, the all-time home run leader right now is, is uh you know barry bonds right and and he's at what you know hank aaron is at 755 so i'm actually looking here you know uh is he at 762 or yeah, i don't remember exactly yeah 762 you know and and of course some people don't uh acknowledge that as, as being the all-time because of you know his his history with, mm-hmm. with uh, performance enhancing uh substances and drugs but um right you know, the, the next guy that comes along, oh, we'll talk about Barry Bonds. You know, he he beat Hank Aaron's record of 755. Right. By a whole seven home runs, right? Right. And so the next right. guy that comes along, is is he going to hit 900? Is he gonna, probably not. He's going to hit 765, 780. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes exactly. with, with, with these unemployment numbers, you know. Are you going to see them drop to, I don't know, 3.5% or whatever and, and stay right. there for, for, you know, a super long period of time? Yeah, um, the same thing just... goes for uh sorry one more thing is is um the the stock market you know we're coming up on the longest bull market in history you know we're we're, we're a matter of trading days away from it mm-hmm. yep. you gotta ask yourself you know that how much longer can we go uh, exactly past past the, the the past you know all-time high yeah there i mean yeah, there's some people that say thirty thousand Dow before we start to see a a pullback, but you know, got to get there first. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? You know, I, in the past, I'd say no way, but you know, I think we learned a very important lesson as to to just how, I guess, uh, what's the right word? Um, euphoric these blow off tops in the stock market can be, just from what happened at uh, the end of 2017, beginning of 2018, you had. The Dow Jones just rocket higher in December and especially January, just going up 100, 200, 300 points each day. Uh, I think it surpassed, yep. I think, 27,000. And then mm-hmm. just like that, popped down 10%. The volatility index like spiked higher. And, and I remember watching it you know, day by day, and I was like, this is this is sickly uh, entertaining. <laughs> yeah, sickly exactly. Entertained by this. But it's like, wow, I've been so... so uh, it just it's just so ridiculous to think that volatility could have been so low for so long and it's so clearly fabricated synthetic markets yep. and then to see it just pop like that was was satisfying now here we are and it never went into a full-blown bull uh, uh, bear market but nonetheless you know 30,000 Dow Jones sure but but understand that if it's going to top 30,000 or, or, or something like that um, it, it's next stop could be you know, 20,000, right? Mm-hmm. Or 15,000. It, yep. it wasn't that long ago uh, you, that, that the Dow Jones surpassed 20,000. It was, it was just, uh, what, 2017. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah so, I yeah. believe so. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, are there any other uh, thoughts that you want to share in this matter of, of, of uh, maybe timing of, of this economic uh, crisis or you know, whatever shape it takes? No, I don't. I don't really think so, man. Um, yeah, I. You know, like 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 you said, it's it's interesting to watch it all unfold, and that's kind of just what 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 I think a lot of us are doing. Um, you know, you've got your people that are that are trading and and having a good time doing that, and people that are really good at it and doing that. Um, other people that are trying to trying to get into their safety net you know as best they can 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's a great, great point of, of why, you know, silver and gold are there for, for us to, to hedge against yep. this type of stuff, you know, maybe for, for an individual, it's not a hundred percent or 50% into precious metals of, of their portfolio or their right. retirement or whatever. But, you know, I have used this analogy a couple times now, but I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep using it. Um, when it comes to things like, uh, investing, I think too many investors see it as, as, a, like cooking a, a pot roast in a crock pot, right? You, you throw it in there, you, you set it on low or on high or whatever the instructions are. And, and you, you go to work and you come back, you know, six, eight, ten hours later and it's right. done. Um, well, I don't think that type of passive investing is, is always great. Not, not to say, you know, that you should be moving in and out of the markets on a daily or even a weekly basis, but you know, you got to treat this more like it's a salmon filet that you're grilling on the grill. I don't know if I've ever cooked <laughs> fish on a grill, but I know that it's a, it's, it's all about the time. It's, it's not about hours. It's about the minutes. It's about the seconds. You know, you got to flip yep. it within a very short time span or else a, you're going to have undercooked fish or, or B uh, it's going to be dry. It's going to be burnt, et cetera. Um, it's all yeah. about the timing and, and you know, it, Timing these markets can be tough. I get that. And some people say, forget it. I'm not going to go in stocks at all. And I totally respect that. Right. Um, right. But, but even if you are in stocks, you got to think at some point, you got to say to yourself, this doesn't look right. I'm I'm getting out while I can. I, maybe I'll miss out on on, on another 10% rise of a blow off top or something like that. But I, I don't want to be um at this party when 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 the cops show up or or, or when when uh, you know it drops by by 30 percent, 40 50 percent. so yeah so. yeah no doubt i mean yeah it's it, you know it's certainly not for every for everybody that's for sure most most people are you know completely fine and they're nine to five and their 401k pension retirement whatever it is that they might have a sure heck of a lot of people don't even have that so i mean it's you know, to, to each their own, not, not for everybody. I'm not huge into trading. I got into it for a little while, but that's most definitely a topic for another discussion, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I'd like to thank you once again for, for coming on the channel. Um, real quick, uh, tell the viewers a little bit about your channel and, and where they can find it. Again, I have a link down below in the description if, if you want to click that as well. Yeah. Yeah, you guys can just check out the link. It's Stacking 3%er um, on YouTube. We've got uh, close to 3,000 subscribers now. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, a lot of sort of similar content sharing. Um, I've done a few silver gold unboxings and things like that. And, um, you know, I, I have mentioned in recent videos that I do want to start um, – showing showing the, the the followers a little bit more of my preps when it comes to the prepping side of things because I know we didn't really get to talk about it a whole lot but obviously a lot of um you know a lot of these topics the whole prepping thing just kind of gets wrapped in you know absolutely um, pre preparing for that you know um whatever whatever you want to call it the civil uncertainty the way this country's going you know we talk about financial collapse and things like that but you know there's plenty of other scenarios war you know the civil unrest people talk about this civil war all that so prepping you know having being prepared for emergencies is what it boils down to so that's another thing that i in the future am going to be dabbling into on the channel and yeah i make several videos every week just kind of sharing news and information in regards to 
all these all these topics here um just sharing what i find interesting and yeah just trying to just trying to spread the spread the knowledge you know spread some of this uh you know as close to the truth about everything that's going on so yeah. it's uh yeah it's fun yeah absolutely uh, being on youtube here uh, it, it is a lot of fun it's a lot of fun interacting with people and uh you know meeting people like like you or, or whatever but um you know as i'll be publishing this video a couple of days after we record this fyi yeah. but you know, okay. as, as i'm looking here uh you, second three percenters got 200 or sorry, 2,931 subscribers. So I'm thinking to, to my viewers, let's get that over 3,000. And, and maybe it's already <laughs> over 3,000, maybe over 3,100 by, by the time, uh, you know, whenever this is published. But but once again, thanks for coming on um, and, and have a great evening. Matt, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. All right. See you around. Yep.